Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by the newest K-6 catechetical program, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros. It sets the standard for faith formation in today's world. Check it out today at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. We think you'll agree that this innovative program will change the future of catechesis. On this episode, I'm going to be chatting with Father Augustine Dada of the Archdiocese of New York. He hails from the Diocese of Ondo in, in Nigeria, and he is currently at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in the Archdiocese of New York. And we're chatting with him today because he has this beautiful experience of being a missionary of mercy. You might remember what that was back in the, uh, the Jubilee Year of Mercy 2016 with Pope Francis. He instituted this Missionary of Mercy order or group, and uh, we're going to find out what they've been up to and specifically what Father Augustine's been up to. So, Father, thank you so much for being on Chattachesis with me. Thank you so much, Dickon Matt, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. And I just briefly mentioned to our audience that um, your home diocese is Ondo in Nigeria, but that you're currently pastor at Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Mount Carmel and Archdiocese of New York. What's that like for you? How long have you been there? Um, what's the ministry landscape like there? I've been at Our Lady of Mount Carmel now for uh, about four years. It is uh, very wonderful. There's a community rich in faith and very uh, generous and in their warmth and welcome. And it's just been all around beautiful and wonderful. And um, every day, at the celebration of the Eucharist, um, it's a moment of real gratitude to God for being able to serve uh, these people and being able to um, be a minister of God's mercy, most importantly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we certainly need mercy today. I mean, it seems like our country is just tearing itself apart over many, many issues and and harsh realities and, and, and all of the... Uh, upset and turbulence very few people are talking about mercy but i think it's exactly what we need yes exactly what we need and uh as you rightly said we are not talking about it enough and if if only we can take some time to to see what we have to lose if we Mm -hmm. embrace mercy then uh we will see that it's it's high time we we begin to look towards this gift this beautiful, wonderful gift of God's mercy, first for ourselves and also for others and those around us. It's, it's high time we begin to look towards that, that direction. And I continue to uh, pray that uh, this will truly be a season when this idea will truly bloom and, and catch fire, not just within the church, but all over the world as intended by Christ himself. Amen to that. Uh, mercy does not have to be restricted to the Jubilee year, people. We can just celebrate that every day of our lives. <laughs> and uh, uh, for a little background note for our audience, uh, I'll just say a little bit about it, and you can jump in, Father. Uh, really, it was uh, divine intervention, that's what I'll say, that uh, Father Augustine and I even connected in the first place, because I had met you, Father, before asking you to do this show with me, and actually you had called me out of the blue and wanted to help you with a little project you're working on as part of a, of your um, Missionary of Mercy 
work. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that project a little later in the show. But uh, I'm so grateful that you took a shot. You had no idea who I was. And you're in New York. I'm in Iowa. But you you called me to uh, help you out with this little project and uh, because of a book that I had written about Mercy. Uh, so thank you for calling me. So I guess this is my way to return the favor, calling you and asking you to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Dick and Matt. You, you wrote an amazing book, and I'm not just saying it because we are on your show. Uh, I think um, our meeting and uh, coming together is a testament to the good work you did in that book because uh, it's, it's about mercy, like you said, and also um, trying to make the directory of catechesis very practical and how we can infuse mercy, how we can, uh, the areas in which mercy can be extracted from that wonderful uh, presentation or publication by the Pontifical Council for Neomodialization. So when I picked that book and I read it and I saw the examples, the very practical examples that you that you gave that you gave in that book i said wow this is this is wonderful because most of the time these are the very things we all overlook and these are the things that makes a mess of of every other thing we are doing it's if i may put it the subtle ways in which we self-sabotage the wonderful work of Right. bringing Christ to people that we do, you know, and, and, uh, and I particularly make reference to, to uh, an example you made about what your son said when you were in church, that why, why are they not sinking? Why, why is the atmosphere a little bit different? And, and, you know, these are things we just take for granted. We believe everyone in the church uh, should know, or is not in need of that kindness, but that is where we are wrong. Maybe that kindness is just that link that will bring everything together for that person. So it is not just, or, or even in the ministry of welcome, it is not just what the priest does. It's not just what uh, the ushers does. It's a way of life mm -hmm. and it must be continuous. So when we say uh, all are welcomed or the churches, we, we, we all really belong to the church. It is something that should be felt more than it is uh, written somewhere or that we are, be made to understand so when i read that book and I, I i taught myself i really this is going in a direction i think i believe also that uh a lot of parishes should be thinking about not just because i'm uh, a missionary of mercy but also because i did my uh master's in church management and uh this is a new field of um education that is being promoted uh, uh promoted in the church and uh, the aim of uh, making priests or and even lay people uh, study church management is to see how the church can, you know, we can be at par with practices, best practices all over the world at the moment. And they infuse this, this uh, knowledge or this new field with uh, theological principles to see how we can, it's a kind of a way of upgrading ourselves. So and most of the things like the examples you gave in that book is really what, you know, every church manager or anyone who is a steward in the church, we usually don't use the word manager because it's kind of <laughs> sounds economic. <laughs> so when we said every steward should be aware of these, of these principles. And I said, well, let me try to reach out to the author and, I did, and I'm so happy that <laughs> a year, well, almost a year after that, we're still in touch. <laughs> I'm happy you reached out. The book that Father was referencing is called Becoming a Parish of Mercy, 
And I believe it's still being carried by 23rd Publications. You can also get it on Amazon.com. Uh, again, a great book for those who are in parish life, uh, who want to begin living a way of mercy in their respective role in the parish. Um, so let's get in our time machine. Let's travel back uh, to the Jubilee Year of Mercy. And Pope Francis tells us that, you know, Jesus is the face of the Father's mercy. He tells us that mercy is something that uh, we all the world desperately needs. He reminds us mercy is not cheap. It's not about, uh, uh, you know, sort of covering over all the wrongs as if they never happened or did not leave their wounds and marks. It is about justice, and it's also about just healing. And um, so to be clear on all those things. In addition, Pope Francis inaugurated the Missionaries of Mercy. And we're talking with Father Dada, who's been a missionary since then. That was 2016, I believe. And um, Father, tell us a little bit again, remind us again of that initial mandate from Pope Francis about the missionaries of mercy. Yes. So during the length of the, of the Holy Year, the um, Holy Father uh, sent out the missionaries of mercy. Uh, the um, Holy Year was in uh, 2016, the Jubilee Year of Mercy. And of course, before then, there have been um, requests from bishops all over the world to nominate priests who will uh whom they feel or whom they um they are they believe would do well as a missionary of mercy detailing what the missionaries of mercy will be doing and basically what the pope required or requested that year was that there will be uh, a sign of the church's maternal solitude of the people of god and will preach about mercy will remind the people would be visible signs of um god's mercy in the church and it was a very simple um simple mandate and uh so it was a beautiful year i remember we were we all gathered in rome about a thousand of us missionaries of mercy with the holy father on Ash wednesday and uh with the um relics of um padre pio right there at St. Peter's Basilica. We had the visual mass and prayers all night and then had the mass and received the ashes. And just right before the Pope sent us out, he said, remember, you're going to be preaching about mercy. You are going to be preaching about confession. Don't forget that you also need this sacrament yourself. Don't go about telling people uh, they need it, <laughs> and you forget that you are also you also need it yourself. That was the core of his direct message to us. And uh, in reflecting on that message, if we uh, think deeply, not even as missionaries of mercy, if we have ever experienced mercy ourselves, we become empowered to give it to others, to preach about it to others, because we realize. Uh, the state mercy is not what we deserve. It's what is given to us mm -hmm. as, a, as a gift. So when we think about ourselves and we can recall our moment in which we have received mercy from God, it's, it, the, the, the natural response to that uh, ingratitude, to that gift, is to extend it to, to others. So the, church, the Pope sent us all out uh, back to our different houses and uh, all the missionaries of mercy all over the world began to do their best in making this a reality and of course in collaboration with their bishop but as at the time we went to rome i was still in nigeria then but here in the archdiocese of new york there were um a lot of uh, mission in uh, different parishes the missionaries of mercy were 
contacted by um, the Ashdow and they were sent to preach in various parishes. And here they were a very um, uh, they were part of the Reconciliation Monday, for instance. And and even up to now, they still uh, do that in different ways. Uh, but that very year in Nigeria, there were only five of us from Nigeria. Mm. So it was very difficult to cover the entire the entire country. But we still so do that. in here. Five missionaries from Nigeria, and how many in the United States, roughly? We have over a hundred in the United States. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. lopsided to me. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But thankfully to uh, God and to the Pope and to um, the Pontifical Missions of I mean, Pontifical Council for New Evangelization, more missionaries have been created. I think recently uh, we have two missionaries of mercy, um, uh, one from Texas and another, I think, from. I'm not so sure of the diocese. I won't say it since I'm not sure was added to the list. So it keeps growing. I think it's a ministry that have uh, blossomed, and we see the evidence of this because after the jubilee year, given the reports that we went back to Rome, uh, the Holy Father said, "Oh, this has been wonderful. It will be great if you continue in this mission." And uh, indefinitely, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And I think the church needs this uh, intervention at this time. And uh, here we are. And it, it continues to grow. It continues to uh, be very wonderful. And uh, here in New York, we've, uh, there is a program we do on serious exam every Friday called uh, Fridays of Mercy. So during Fridays of Lent, I get together with another missionary of mercy, a Dominican, Father John Devani, and uh, we um, share experiences and give talks and try to remind uh, people of how best to live their lives, uh, being conscious of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, there are other missionaries too, um, doing their best in their parishes and responding to calls and and being available to the people. And I think one of the reasons why this, um, the Holy Father um, really created or started this initiative is that if you look closely at confession, uh, it's one sacrament in the church that mm-hmm. is covered in secrecy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> that's the way it should be. If you have a bad confession, for instance, you won't go out <laughs> saying, oh, this is, this is my experience at the confessional. Most people, who have come out to say, oh, I had a confession uh, sometimes ago. It wasn't so great, and I'm not going back because I don't feel like I got anything from it. Most people lock that experience in. They don't even talk about it. Or people will say, oh, I feel I'm too close to my pastor. I, I, don't, I don't want to go to confession with him. You know, We have all kinds of uh, excuses which people don't really talk about. And, and, and that's on the part of the, of the people. And on the part of the priest, you know, oddly, we have all kinds of seminars all year round. We have all kinds of retreats and books that have been written. Very, very few have been written about uh, confession. Our priest, the kind of counsel you give when, you, when the penitent comes to you at a confessional. Mm-hmm. You can't even discuss, let's assume you have a, even if you want to discuss it hypothetically, it's not, that is not, you know, the, under the uh, confessional secrecy, it's not something you take out, mm-hmm. out, you know, with you. Of course, the apostolic penitentiary tries every year to have um, 
courses in Rome and they invite confessors to be a part of it. But uh, usually, and especially uh, for those of us from Africa in Nigeria, it's really going to cost a lot to be yeah, a part of, awesome. you know, <laughs> of such conferences. So uh, the way I choose to leave out, uh, to leave out my um, ministry as a missionary of mercy is to make resources available both for the people of God and also for priests, just like you do. And this is where we come, you know, our parts meet. So that uh, if these resources are available, you know, the priest can be better equipped to, to minister to the soul that comes to confession. Because the soul is at its most vulnerable state when it comes to confession. It's, it's, the soul is so open to, to receive. And as St. Teresa of Havila, we give... Uh, a warning about being a good confessor, a spiritual director. He said, you have to both be knowledgeable and you also have to be spiritual. One cannot substitute for the other. Both has to go hand in hand. You have to uh, know what the church says, know how to properly catechize, because that is also a moment of, of teaching as well. It's a moment of love. It's a moment of teaching. And also, you also have to be very spiritual. So both of them have to go hand in hand. So, uh, and thanks, thanks, thanks for your cooperation and collaboration. We've been able to break down uh, some of the, uh, the the church's position and the, uh, bringing catechesis into the resources that priests can use and also the people can use in forming their consciences and doing better at living living mercy or choosing mercy as a way of life. So. So that's an awful lot you said there. It's very rich. And I want to just kind of tease a few things out of that, Father. Um, one is, um, we'll go way back to, to, towards the beginning of what you were saying. And you mentioned the need for priests themselves to experience God's mercy, to avail themselves of confession. Uh, it is such a temptation, uh, whether you're a priest or a deacon or you're in a lay minister in, in the church, um, you get so busy you know, for lack of a better term, serving others, taking care of others, you forget to do that for yourself. And the temptation arises, the, another temptation, which is to not think about how in need of care you are and that you can just keep doing and doing and doing. Um, and there's some pride hidden in there. You know, there's some egoism underneath all of that, of course, uh, some vanity. Uh, but it is so important to stop and, and uh, check ourselves and say, um, uh, where am I not healthy? And how, how can you help me, um, Lord, you know, in those areas? Uh, you mentioned a couple of reasons we don't go to the sacrament of confession. One of them, we might have had a bad experience in the past. Another one, oh, my gosh, the pastor, you know, knows me and I don't want to confess to him because he knows me and that sort of a thing. But I am sure also it's difficult for priests to find priests to go to confession to. I'm sure it's difficult to find a person you trust, uh, someone that you trust not only to hear your confession, but trust to give you some guidance. Is that a challenge? Yes, that's, that's very true. But um, it's not a challenge that can't be overcome. And, and, and I think a bulk of these challenges can, um, there's a key to solving it in proper catechesis. I give you an example of the recent um, national prowl about giving communion to, um, or you know, the old thing about communion. Mm -hmm. And it's um, if you look, if you're attentive to some of the details, 
uh, you will see that um, for most people, especially um, uh, people who are not priests who have made comments, you will see that most of the things that they say are not uh, rich in theology and it is not along the lines either in which the church will want to create a discipline for the sacrament or the, along the lines even Jesus Christ uh, will intend for his church, you know? So, but with catechism, we come to understand, oh, this is the reason for this and this is why we do it. And so, yeah, it's a challenge. And the, one of the reasons why, you know, the, the, the very thing that causes burnout on the part of the priest who sees himself um, only on, in terms of the work he does is also the thing that, you know, makes you to stop seeing your pastor or your priest as your spiritual father acting in the person of Christ, you know. And this is very funny. You find some people are saying, oh, I have my own priest. I, I have where I go to for communion. I can't even receive, you know, all this. Uh, and, and once this, you notice this tendency, yes, it makes people more comfortable. But there should also be the the uh, there should also be a kind of training, a kind of mm -hmm. um, ongoing formation, both for the people to understand that no, no matter how your priest you're familiar with him, and that is also the point. It's, it's expected that your priest be friendly and and draw people joyfully, draw people to God and to himself. But in the same time, that should not be an obstacle towards us receiving mm -hmm. uh, God's grace and pardon from him, because that is why he is the pastor in the first place, you know? So, uh, the, and also on the formation on the part of the priest, we need to realize that this is not easy at all. This is something that, you know, the constant awareness of who we are as uh, the, uh, acting in the person of Christ, of always being able to, be that person right. who the people still trust and they can go to you right. know if they have to if they have to confess so it, it is it is it's it's it's, uh, it's always a moment every time i i in contact or i find this the the reality this the solution i mean the uh the, the the case with with people that is exactly where i my mind goes to that how, what means of catechesis can we draw people out, you know, of, of this? Because it's just a clear indication. We can't just say, oh, since they are not comfortable with it, let us say, let us uh, encourage them not to do it, you know, at the, at the same time. Or, or on the part of the, of the priest, uh, when it's not a bad thing to be familiar with the people. It's not a bad thing to be a great business manager, to move the parish forward, to have great programs. It is also important that they see in the priest and the priest who is assigned to the to the parish or the priests, not everyone working there, that they see in them uh, a father whom they can go to and have their confession and have their spiritual direction. And if it can help them, it can honestly say, well, I think uh, this situation is a little bit beyond me. Yeah. I can refer you to some other uh, person and and you know so yeah i i definitely see uh the missionaries of mercy uh, in light of the jubilee year i really in the context of the of the new evangelization this idea of a renewal of how we proclaim the gospel and sim and similarly 
how we teach about mercy, how we celebrate mercy, how we live mercy, I think needs to be renewed. And I think that's behind that call to the missionary of mercy. Uh, and I think that's what you're getting at too, as a whole. I think that's what Francis was trying to do with this establishment of this uh, of the missionaries. I think that we don't teach mercy correctly. Uh, I don't think we understand what it means. And uh, you made a point er very early um, about uh, mercy isn't about um, uh, what'd you say? It, it, it has to do with God's generosity. Like you placed it within generosity and, and that's exactly what it's about. Lavishness, generosity from God. Um, so with that in mind, do you think, uh, what are some steps that we can take or what do you see? I, I know what, maybe this is a good entree into your project as a missionary of mercy. How do we help people to, to understand mercy better, live it better and celebrate it better? Yes, uh, you, the, your point about the, the missionaries of mercy and then the whole, uh, uh, the entire gamut of what we do within the context of new evangelization is, is very correct. In fact, you take that out of my, out of my mouth. <laughs> it is within the context, yes, of new evangelization. They, right. We have to renew, you know, how we evangelize and let's be conscious of mercy. Let mercy be at the center of it. Because this is also at the center of Jesus' ministry. Uh, one beautiful um, analogy is when Christ rose from the dead and he saw the disciples and they were terrified and he said, do not be afraid. You know, like I, I, I probably, I thought they, they probably were thinking to themselves, he's here to, to you know, um, make us feel bad because we left him on the cross, but said, do not be afraid. Uh, be calm. Uh, you know, peace be with you. It was, it was at the center of, of Jesus's ministry. So the way we can apply this into new evangelization, uh, it's, there are so many resources within the church. Mm -hmm. All we need to do is to be open to it. And the first resource, I mean, the first place that will, will be, will, that would be very good at it can be a very good starting point is the Bible, the scripture itself. The scripture is filled with so many examples on how uh, mercy was lived in the past in biblical times and how we can translate it into uh, uh, our modern experience and uh, make the people feel God's mercy in very real and practical, practical ways. Another way, our place we can go to uh, where we find rich resources for um, bringing uh, the ministry of mercy, making it alive within the context of um, evangelization is in our catechism because uh, mercy is not uh, the same thing with, uh, with the license to do anything. Oh, you can do anything right now. I mean, it's, it's a season of mercy. For Francis, it's about mercy. You can do anything and ask for pardon. No, you can't do. That is not the right uh, use of, of freedom. If we look within our catechism, our uh, or the way the church, the magisterium, the things they have given over the years, not just with Pope Francis. If you look at all these documents over the years, uh, especially those that relates to the sacrament of reconciliation and 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 mercy and and even the ones that are related to the environment, like the Laudato Si, uh, which is very recent, uh, recently written by Pope Francis, you will see great insights into how to bring mercy alive, infuse it into uh, 
the evangelization into the ministry of evangelizing. And the resources we can use are already there. We have all these resources, the media, for instance, uh, these that you're doing, you know, talking about it, catechesis and putting it online so that podcast so that people can read and, and remember. These are wonderful uh, opportunities or avenues in which we can use in evangelizing. Unfortunately, in most parts of the world, we have been, um, the, the church, the Catholic church have not really taken full advantage of all these means, you know, it's still, we still approach it with a kind of, um, you know, caution, hey, she would put this on out there, you know, and there we are, you find someone or you find a painted banana having 9 million followers on TikTok and people are following, are following the progress of this banana. I know. I, I look at some of the shows my kids watch and I say, how millions of followers? Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So these, these, are, these are the things that we really need to, to adapt because um, the world has changed. And if the world we uh, listen to our unchanging uh, message, the eternal truth, we have to, all we need to do is to look for a way of giving it, of serving it. It's still the eternal truth. And when it is done the right way and when it is done with, uh, in the proper way, it will be received because it's the truth. It will not be rejected. And the, the, the truth in, this, in that statement can be felt in the word um, youth day, for instance, when, um, you know, I think it was begun by... Um, Pope John Paul II, and you would think, oh, all the youth in the world are going to have a fun time. And if you ask them, what is the high point of their experience hanging together? They will say, I was able to go to confession. Mm. I'm mm. telling you, mm. I was able to go to confession. Mm -hmm. And it's still the same thing. Even here in New York, when we have our youth day, it's usually sometimes in May, but we've not done it you know, for two years now because of the COVID. It is, you will see long lines of these uh, uh, young people wanting to have some time with their, you know, with their priest and, and just make their confession, you know, because the atmosphere uh, is conducive for it. They see others going for confession and they, they feel great about themselves. It's, uh, it's unlike when you're in the church and there's a long line and maybe uh, people just wanted to get in and get out on time. And, you know, so these are means, various means in which we can um, infuse mercy into what we teach and also making it a part of the new angelization, the old machinery of new angelization from the very beginning, mm -hmm. such that it is not something we had on later and we say, oh, we are thinking of bringing people into the church. Maybe at some point we will tell them it's important to live the life of mercy. <laughs> so, and also there are new initiatives that can, uh, that one can do for the family that teaches even mercy within the family. People don't usually talk about it, but there are a lot of conflicts within families and probably there is no, uh, the people within either their faith or their, or, uh, the way they grew up do not have the, the means of making this reconciliation possible within the family. We take it for granted that, oh, if it's a family thing, it will be fine. But we see so many families, you know, because we love our family and within the family, you know, everything, uh, emotions can easily, you know, rise about certain issues. So even within 
the, the family there. Some of us also work with families, you know, in helping to, um, to reconcile them to, you know, one another and not to make them feel embarrassed in, in, in coming back together and knowing even how mercy can be um, found and can be expressed and love and God's mercy himself can be found within the family. So, and this, of course, will require new initiatives. Maybe before Holy Parish will have is, uh, is a family mass or, or, you know, but there are other ways in which we can, reach the family individually they don't just feel that they are one unit among a, a group or a bunch uh, they feel that close connection and so these are all the initiatives that one can and it's not limited to this i believe if there's another missionary of mercy here right now and he's telling you uh their experiences of what they do you'll be so uh, you'll be surprised at you know how the holy spirit inspires all these ways of leaving out mercy. So we've been chatting with Father Augustine Dada of the Archdiocese of New York, pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish, uh, chatting about mercy and the missionaries of mercy. I will say this kind of as a closing thought, and then I just want to say thank you and then ask for your blessing. Uh, the church uh, is really set on, or the church in the United States now, is really set a course to focus on Eucharistic revival and getting people back to Eucharist, uh, back into communion, coming back to church. And to do that, you can't, you have to also focus on reconciliation. You have to focus on mercy. And I definitely see these two initiatives coalescing very nicely. And it'll be very interesting to watch as the archdiocese and other dioceses around the country decide how they're going to re-inspire people, um, how they're going to draw them back to the love of Christ through those beautiful sacraments of the mass and reconciliation. So thank you so much, Father, for being with us. Um, time has flown, as it always does when you and I chat. Um, uh, thank you again for uh, your participation as a missionary of mercy. And who knows when it'll end, that, because your mandate is indefinite at this point. And we don't want it to end. We hope that you continue to share the love of Christ and his, his generous mercy with everyone uh, forever and ever and ever. So thank you. And uh, would I always ask my guests at the end uh, if they'd offer a blessing for myself and our listeners. May Almighty God be with you. May he bless you. May he strengthen you. May he grant you his grace. And above all, may he continue to use you as his instrument of his peace and love in the world. I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for your time. Thank you so much again, Matt, for having me. All right. We'll be chatting uh, with you later. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.